Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Somos Moss, the official podcast of Somos Moss and them, and your source for latest news and notes on New Mexico United. My name, of course, is Seth Benoff. Joining me tonight, we have Earl Nieto and Jacob Terrell. It's been a minute since we've all been here. Uh, I'm glad to have you guys back. We had some great shows last week. Jacob and I sat down on Tuesday, then Harry joined us on Thursday, and a lot of great conversation, a lot of really good topics last week. And we've got a lot to get to. Since the last time the three of us sat down, things have changed for New Mexico United. Things were looking up. We thought we were in a good spot. We thought we were going to pick up some more points last weekend. And while we did pick up you know, two points, we didn't pick up anywhere near to what we thought. So our burning question this week, four matches left, completely objectively, do we make the playoffs? I still think yes. Earl is thinking. Earl is well. While Earl thinks, I will. I will explain myself. Um, Austin is still just a point in front of us. Um, they have a, as me and Seth talked about last week, they have a tough schedule ahead still. Um, it. The, the matches that we've played haven't been, to me, it, it, they, we haven't looked like we looked during that seven-game winless ma- streak. We just haven't looked quite there, if that makes sense. So, like, we haven't really looked bad. It's just, for whatever reason, we, we just couldn't come away with three points uh, when we desperately, desperately needed them. So, hopefully, we are even more desperate now. And we've had a week off, and we can attack the San Diego San Diego game. Hopefully, Amando's with us. And um, yeah, I think uh, I, I think we have a chance to still make it. Uh, but but the um, the hope of hosting, like David Carl had uh, back when we had him on, that that's out the window. So, but I, I still think we squeak in. I say yes. Also, only because we still have Real Monarchs, who's bottom of the barrel. Um, we have San Diego Loyal, who I don't really know anything about, so guess I'm fucked on that one. They are um, in second place right now. And then we have San Antonio and RGV. Um, we beat RGV. Um... And we beat San Antonio. So I like our odds. I'm not going to jinx anything because I'm going to take a a, um, a Gruden move and just shut up. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, this is, this is tough. I know you guys weren't here for the the watch along last weekend. Jerry Murillo, of course, popped in the chat, and he and I were kind of talking about it. And we we have had opportunities to pick up points. Harry and I talked about this last weekend too. Our out of division opponents, we have dropped so many points or, or missed out on so many points from those matches. We have. 
dropped points, and I, I haven't gone back to update my notes on this, but early in the, earlier in this season, we had dropped points from a winning position eight times. I believe we're now up to, I think, 10 or 11 times now that we've dropped the points from a winning position. So we've left a lot out there. And had we turned around any any number of those matches, we could be sitting in a very comfortable position right now. But we're not. And while Bold's schedule, as you see here, Legion, Birmingham Legion, Real Monarchs, El Paso, San Antonio, and Charlotte, and they did just pull off a 94th minute equalizer over the weekend against OKC. Bold's schedule is brutal. RGV still has Colorado Springs, United, Real Monarchs, and El Paso. That is Again, also brutal. That's a pretty tough schedule there as well. Uh, three of four opponents are currently still in playoff contention. And then, of course, our schedule, San Diego, San Antonio, RGV, Real Monarchs. So here's my here's my biggest worry. At the end of the year, at the end of the season, when we're playing the Monarchs and RGV is playing El Paso, there's a sneaky, sneaky feeling in me that El Paso pulls the jackass move and does what they can to help out RGV just to fuck over United. By throwing if, the match? I yeah. don't know if I don't know if just a fuck over United would be how it goes, but it, I, I mean they've already clinched. They, they're in the playoffs. I don't think they've clinched the group just yet, but they're probably pretty close. So, I could see them having everything cinched by then, and saying, "All of you guys that normally start Ketterer, Yuma, Mares, uh, Slinak." whoever else it is, uh, you guys are, you guys are only going to play 45 minutes or not play at all, whatever happens there. So, um, well, El Paso has been benching Yuma for a while. So he went, I think three or four matches without, I think it was three matches without even seeing the pitch. So. Yeah. Harry says, uh, you can, bet on it that they're going to rest players more than in his opinion, which I think we all kind of agree. Um, it's, it's, I don't know. After looking after, after Harry put the three schedules up side by side by side, um, RGV and Austin still have harder schedules, but I could easily see us losing to San Diego I could easily see us losing or drawing at San Antonio. RGV beat us in RGV already this year, even if we were the better team. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. It, it's gonna de- a lot of it's gonna depend on how they look against San Diego for me. If they come out and look like a team possessed and try to get a couple goals in the first half, then then they obviously are desperate and they want to want to get there. Part of me though, part of me part of me doesn't want us to make it, guys. I this has been such a stressful and roller coaster of a season. I don't want to play Phoenix and convince myself that we're gonna win because it's Phoenix. And uh 
I just don't want to go through that. And then if we beat Phoenix, then it's like, oh, oh. And then to, if we get our heart broken in the next round or the championship, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I don't know. We'll see. The way I look at it is this. We have, we have San Diego on Sunday. San Diego currently sits in second place. They are they have a nine-point gap between them and Orange County. San Diego has been playing very well. I think we're lucky if we come out of there with a point. That gives us three matches to pick up potentially nine points. Because I could, and I won't, you know, I'm not going to give a full prediction. I think we're, we're lucky to get out with a point on Sunday. El Paso needs five points to clinch the Mountain Division. I mean, they're all but assured. It's like they are 99% locked for first place in the division right now. They need five points to secure that. I don't like us having to go on the road to RGV and trying to pick up points there. And I know Harry has talked about, I know Harry and I know Harry's talked about it with us. And he said it before. You know, he thinks that, you know, San Antonio isn't coming here to the lab and that's the game that we're going to win. And I want to think that Harry is right. I want to think I want to agree with that, but I need to see how we play. Again, again, San Diego is going to be a real telling match for what happens for us the rest of the rest of the season. Because if we don't play well in San Diego, that'll make three matches in a row where we haven't played up to our full potential. And we really cannot be dropping points. I mean, really at any point, but especially here in the final four matches. Like we have to be on point. That was a that was a deep burning question to start the show, there, buddy. <laughs> it was, it was, and you know, I, I felt like it was necessary because we've had we had our preseason predictions, and all season long, we felt like we were going to make the playoffs. I know that you've had your panic button moment times, and Earl's had his. I've never really been as close as you guys were to that panic button, but and really, even now, I'm not panicking. It's because you don't I'm, have a soul. <laughs> I'm just not convinced at this point that we are that we're going to be able to close out the season and make the playoffs yeah, because so you, we've we played so that, inconsistent at times. If you think that, then how do you not have a panic button pushed? How so, do I not have a panic button pushed? So, because because we have we have the talent, we have the ability, and we've shown that we can string together matches where we where we play really well. We just haven't played a we haven't played more than maybe two or three complete matches all season. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So it's not a panic. It's a I want to see us prove that we can do it for a full 90 minutes for consecutive matches in a row. That's what we want too, and that's why we're hitting the panic button is because we <laughs> haven't been able to do that. This is a team that on just talent alone should be right there with San Antonio and Colorado fighting for the second spot, if not fighting with El Paso for the first spot. And yet here we are in fifth place as we stand today, outside of a playoff position, and we're talking about having to beat RGV and Real Monarchs to have a chance at the postseason. That is why the panic button has been either pushed or been in reach, or we've been hovering over it all season, is because the team is underperforming compared to what I think not only the fans that are in the know, like I would put us in that category, having studied everything throughout the offseason stuff, 
and and looking at how we looked in the preseason and everything like that and and the team itself i think if you asked anybody on that team if they would be disappointed in the season they would all say yes whether they would say it in front of a, a camera at a press conference i don't know but if you got them to take truth serum and ask them hey Armando Moreno, are you disappointed in this season? They're going to say yes, every single one of them. And that's why the panic button is in play. If if I didn't care or if I was just like, well, yeah, they've they've played okay, I'd like to see more, but whatever, then obviously the panic button doesn't matter. But when you have when you come into a season like this with expectations and we all had them pretty high. We all predicted them to, you know, be first, second, comfortably comfortably make the playoffs at the very least. And that's not happening because of that inconsistent play that you've talked about. That is the definition of the panic button to me. I, I get where you're coming from. I do. For me, though, that panic button is we haven't lost five in a row. We haven't lost four or five. We haven't gone on significant losing streaks to where I'm questioning the players and their ability or Troy's ability to coach. We know they have the ability. We know that they're talented. We know that they can perform in this system, but they haven't shown it. That's why I'm not hitting that panic button. I don't. I don't get that at all. But I don't want. I don't want to beat a dead horse. So I'm gonna let Earl <laughs> Earl say something if he wants to jump in here. I I, I don't know what to say. I mean. Seth, you said we didn't go on a long losing streak, but yet we lost seven in a row, or we didn't well, win we didn't, seven we didn't in a win row. Seven in a row. Yeah. So essentially, that's a loss because that puts us in the position we're at right now. Had we won those games, we're not in our position that we're in right now. Um, even if we drew more than we lost, we're still not in this position. Um. So I, I really don't know what to say. My panic button's been hit as of this past weekend. Um, and I will continue hitting the panic button until we clinch a playoff spot. If we clinch a playoff spot, um, I'm kind of on the same boat as Jacob where I don't want them to. <laughs> just because I'm tired of the stress. Um, and and when I say that. the fan in me wants them to because I am a fan. And when I say that, by the way. If me and my wife are on there on the 30th and we win and clinch a playoff spot, don't think I won't cry and celebrate like a madman. That's not, that's not the case. It's just that come that time we play Phoenix in the playoffs, my stomach's going to be in knots. And I'm going to be like, why? Why do I put myself through this? I don't understand. I, I See, that's, don't. that's my exact point is I want them to clinch because I am a fan and I will actually be on the road driving home from Missouri that day. Um, so my wife, if you listen to this, you'll be driving home just so you know, um, <laughs> it's in recording. So it's, it's already been said it's facts and I will probably cry if we win and clinch a spot that night, but my comment still stands where I'm tired of the stress. So yeah, I will be pissed at myself for putting myself through the stress like I did last year when we were playing El Paso freaking stressed so yeah so I want them to clinch because I'm the fan 
and the fanboy that I am. But I don't want them to clinch because I don't know how much my heart can take how much more of this. I I agree, Harry. I agree. He says, but to miss the opportunity to take out Rising is worth the stress. I At the end of the day, I agree. It's just, man, when, especially when you're like fighting to make the playoffs, like if, if I was San Antonio right now, I'd be like, yeah, bring on Phoenix. I don't care. I have no stress right now. I'll just have stress during that game. But every, for now, four matches now, the next four matches, every single one of those, I will be living and dying on every chance created, every goal, every Tembaka save, every moment of those matches. That's, oh, quick math, 90, 180, 270, 360 minutes of just, like, the highest level of stress that you can have outside of, like, a kid of yours not not being well or, or something like that. It's just, I don't... I don't want to put that on my body. See, and I wouldn't be as stressed had we took advantage of the goal scoring opportunities. So had we had it been four to four or four to three games, more than two goals scored each game, I'd be okay with it. I'd be looking forward to taking on Phoenix in the playoffs. I'd be super excited for it. But the fact that we can Barely put together a 1-1 match against whoever the fuck we just played. RGV. RGV or a 1-1 match against Hartford or a 1-1 match against freaking Loudon. Like, you can go on and on about this where we're drawing with the worst teams in the league. Harry. But then we expect to go against one of the best teams, and I'll admit it. Um, Phoenix is one of the best teams in the league. Um, and yes, playoffs is a new season, and that's what scares me because that's where Phoenix gets hungry, and that's where they start scoring, and that's where they start showing that they're Phoenix and one of the best teams in the league. And we've proven time and time again that we're not because we can't put the ball in the freaking net, and that's what counts. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's who has the most goals. And and not only that, Harry, but the playoffs is a new season. It's, it's especially single elimination. I mean, anything can happen. But, Harry, I don't know if you watched Ted Lasso, but there's a saying uh, in in one of the episodes, uh, it's the hope that kills you. And the playoffs give, making the playoffs gives you hope because of that single elimination. Um, so that hope of... Oh, you know, anything could happen is is what would ultimately kill me if we don't win the championship. So anyways, on a more positive note, guys, I'm going to interrupt this heavy uh, talk to tell you that I found a puppy on the side of the road and it is now ours. And it is completely random, I know. But Seth had to freaking dive into the the meat of the damn episode with the burning question. They didn't give us any time for nonsense. I, I know that for those of you on YouTube, we just had 15 minutes of James Bond talk. But the podcast had no nonsense, which we usually have some nonsense in the podcast, and we did not. <laughs> so I need to take a deep breath and talk about a puppy and the fact that I I don't know for sure, but I'm 
almost 95% sure that I'm still winning the football picks and, um, and, and just not, not the, the talk about the stress is leading me to be stressed right in this moment. And I, I need a little small reprieve from that. <laughs> okay. So you, you picked up a puppy. Is it uh, is it worth keeping? Is it, you know, yeah, he's has like it little... bitten anybody yet? No, I mean, he's like a puppy puppy, like legit, like maybe three weeks or 12 weeks old. Like he's like young, young. And he was just wandering along the highway on the way to Santa Rosa. I was coming back yesterday morning from the wells and I saw him turn around. It was real cold yesterday. I don't know if how it was back where you guys are, but it was, it was real cold yesterday morning. And it's still uh, real cold where I'm at. True. True. And uh, he's a little like. He's mostly white with like some blue merle coloring. So he's cattle dog of some kind, shepherd maybe. Um, real cute, real, real cute. Uh, my other dog hates him. Uh, the cat wants nothing to do with him. The boys are infatuated with him. And uh, yeah, it's going pretty good. Oh, good. How uh, has he uh, has he peed all everything yet? Has he chewed something? No, up yet? man, that's no. the weirdest thing. He's peed in the house once since we got him. Now. To be fair, he doesn't go to the door and whine, but I think me and Allie have both just done a good job of like recognizing. Okay, pup, you haven't peed in a while, or pooped in a while. I think it's time to go outside. And uh, yeah, last night, I right here where I'm sitting, I put a little, little wall up, and uh, put him in there with a little bed. And oh my gosh, oh earthquake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, he he whined for a little bit. I think I he slept for a little bit, and then he woke up and whined at like midnight. And I yelled at him again, and then he was silent until like six thirty this morning. So, um, I thought it was going to be bad, and I told Allie after that first night or before the first night that the first night was going to dictate if we kept him or not. And uh, looks like we're keeping him. Oh, oh, and. To bring it back to United, Allie threw out the name Bruce, not thinking United, but of course, the moment she said Bruce, I was like, yeah, Bruce works. I like Bruce. So Brucey is his name, and she thinks it's because of, I believe, the shark from Finding Nemo. It's because it fish is, are it friends, is, not yeah. food. And it is it is <laughs> fully because of Brucey um, and a little bit of the Bruce, the shark. But talk about the football picks, because I'm excited that I'm still winning. Yeah, and where are our new picks for this weekend? Uh, I got to get those out to you guys. Like I said earlier before the show, I was out at uh, the team store this afternoon, so I didn't get a chance to come up with some new questions yet. But that's okay. I don't yeah, like when you give them. I don't like when you give them just on the podcast, anyways. So text, <laughs> texting them to us on the next day is fine. But so the results, like the results are what I care about. All right. Because I don't know what you guys picked. I don't know what Seth picked, and I don't know what Tyler picked. So I know me and Earl had the same amount of points, but I was up by like three on him. Okay. I know, so I don't know what you guys picked. All right. So our questions last week. First question was uh, over under 40 points, Atlanta and uh, the New York Jets. I feel like I went too low on the over under here. I feel like I probably should have put it a little bit higher. We all went over, um, and we all Wait. pick up a point there. You didn't look up an over under off of from Vegas. Vegas I, knows what they're doing. Vegas had it at, at uh, <laughs> like 42 and a half. So I put I it at 40 because Atlanta and New York, they are both low scoring teams. 
and neither defense is great. So I felt like 40 was reasonable and, uh, and it turned out to be pretty damn close. So 42 was was closer though. Yeah. I I feel like the way that game played out, like it, (laughs) like it very easily could have been a sub 40 point game. You were the only person on this podcast probably in New Mexico that actually got up and watched that game. Just so you know, <laughs> I couldn't watch it. It was on NFL network. Oh, bummer. Yeah. Which sucks, which is, which is stupid. I think that's stupid, but yeah, I, I did follow it. I listened to the Atlanta radio station. Earl, Earl, have you noticed when Seth says stupid, his Atlanta accent comes out? That's the only word that I've ever noticed it on, but stupid. It's just stupid. Oh, I've also dude. noticed. I've also noticed when he said "stupid," he also like looks at looks down and shows his hat. So. Oh yeah. Oh no, I'm looking over here at the <laughs> at the notes, but no, we also we all picked up a point there. We all went over. Uh, second question: Does Matt Stafford pick up his first career win in in uh, in Seattle? We all said yes, and he did. Tyler said, "Is Tyler said yes too?" Yeah, Tyler said yes this, too. Okay. Uh, who has more touchdown passes? Uh, Joe Burr or Aaron Rodgers. They both threw for two touchdown passes on Sunday. So we, everyone got half a point there. Uh, who creates more turnovers? The Chiefs for the Bills. Uh, Jacob, you, me, and Tyler all said the Bills. Earl, you went the Chiefs for some ungodly reason. Uh, Bills created four turnovers on Sunday. And so everyone except Earl picked up a point there. Yeah, Next. Fine. Uh, question number four, Browns versus Chargers, fewer yards allowed. This in- turned out to be a freaking shootout. Um, and so Jacob and Tyler both said Chargers. Earl and I both said Browns. Earl and I picked up points there. Ah, it was fairly – it was actually – it was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, um, I and I think the Browns actually had the the worst of the two defenses going into the game, uh, if I remember my, my notes correctly. So Earl and I pick up a point there. Uh, which 0-4 team gets a win was our next question, Detroit or Jacksonville. I honestly, I was, I almost went Detroit. I almost did. And I think they got beat on like a last minute field goal, right? Yes, they did. Yeah. So, but uh, we all went neither. We also, we all picked up two points on the bonus question there. So for the week, this was our best week that we've had all season. Well, yeah, you went five for five. I went yeah. four for five. Earl went four for five. And Kyler went four, four for five. five. Yeah. So uh, I picked up six and a half points. Uh, the rest of you picked up five and a half points. So our standings as of right now. Uh, Jacob, do, me a favor. do me a favor. Start at the bottom. Start at the bottom. Start at the bottom. Okay. Earl. Earl, you have 15 points. Seth, ha- I have 15 points. Ha, I'm, I'm not last. <laughs> and Tyler and Jacob both have 17 points. Oh, me and Tyler are tied? Yeah, you guys were tied at the end of last week, too. Oh, really? Yeah. You guys both had 11 and a half points after last week. So, that's yeah, it it's uh, it a pretty good last, week. So, that's all that matters. Tyler is my arch nemesis now. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we all had a very good week. I'm have, uh, Obviously, these those questions were not hard enough. So, I got to figure out something else for this week. But you should probably look at the Vegas ones. Well, the over unders, anyways. If you're going to do an over under, put it at Vegas. I thought, yeah. I looked at it and then, look, you know, like I said, I felt like neither team was good enough to score um, that many points. So it, uh, and it definitely didn't look that way the way the Jets are playing in the first half. I, I think it was what, 14 3, 17 3 at the end of the first half, something like that. 
So I didn't think they were going to get there. Uh, and Zach Wilson did not look good at all. So uh, I felt like 40, you know, watching that game was, was fair. But. Anyway, so moving right along, I said, well, you know, that's our NFL pick them update. We'll get you, we'll get new questions out probably tomorrow. Um, I try to avoid the Thursday game if I can, uh, just cause I always f- kind of forget Thursday night football just because there's always other stuff going on. but um, So we'll get those questions out as soon as we can. And uh, hopefully hopefully we stay, we get something a little bit harder, but I'll try to figure that out. Um, but yeah, going back to last week. Um, I don't want to. We have to. We got to. I didn't get to talk to you guys after the Hartford game. Uh, United, of course, picked up a 2-2 draw there and then picked up a, another 1-1 draw on the weekend against RGV. And I mean, really looking at both of these matches, I mean, what, what do you guys think we didn't do well? Win. (laughs) Well, uh, to be fair, we didn't win. And so we didn't do that well at all. But um, I mean, did you guys get a chance to go back and watch them? I know you guys said, I think it was on Saturday. Neither of you guys got a chance to watch uh, initially, or you had other commitments on Saturday while that game was going on. So I did watch some on Saturday and then I watched the rest of it Saturday night afterwards. Um, and unlike you, I'm not a glutton for punishment unless it's my work. And then I just sign up for a bunch of stupid shit. Um, so no, I did not go back and watch it because I don't like to cry myself to sleep. What were your thoughts the first time you watched it? <laughs> Sorry, my my wife texted me. Um, my thoughts on the... F- I'm glad we drew. Um, I didn't really have anything negative to say, but then I don't have anything positive to say either. Okay. So I'm neutral on it. You're <laughs> Okay, you're neutral on the Saturday match. Um, well, let me ask you this. After RGV scored the opening goal on Saturday night, do you feel like we were we responded well? Because we did come back. We'd scored in the 24th. B's had a good goal. Um, and we played significantly better there for a while. Do, do you Would you agree with that? Or do you think that we didn't do – obviously, we didn't get the win. But do you think we've, we responded in a way that put us in a position to pick up a win? Absolutely. So any time that you respond by getting the ball into Beez's feet, that's a really good response, especially when he scores. Um, do I think we should have given up that first goal? Absolutely not. That's, that was a stupid boneheaded play. I actually missed that first that first goal because I was driving to put my wife's grandma's car full of gas. So I missed that first goal until I got service. And I was like, ah. Fuck. Okay. Um, but then when I got back, we already scored the second goal. So it was 1-1 by the time I got back. So I went back and I watched it because that's what I had to do. And that first goal that we that they scored should have never happened. Stupid turnover. Whatever happened. Elvis Amo put it in. Okay, cool. Um, but then when we turned around and responded with a goal of our own before the half ended, then... Yeah, that's a good way to at least go into the half. Um, 
Should have been another one in the second half. I feel like we kind of turned it off, especially at like the 70th minute. And then whenever Nava came in, it was just too little too late. Um, especially putting in Nava for a goal scorer. It's kind of a bad sub to make. I would put Nava in for a midfielder that was already tired. Um, I do believe that there was a three-letter person on the field that could have came off. Especially for Nava. But I digress. What infuriates me about this whole season, there's been two things that I just feel have absolutely killed us. And it's our finishing, which we've talked about a bunch. There was more problems with that against RGV. We just should have had, should have been able to find a second goal somehow. We just have too much attacking talent, even with Amando, to not find two goals at home in a must-win game. I don't understand how we can't do that. And then two, I can probably count eight goals that were directly from a mistake by three people, basically. And the first one, I'm not going to throw him under the bus too much. It's Kaylee Ryden. But Ryden earlier in the season made two mistakes that led directly to two goals. Can't hide it. It happened. And then Guzman and Azira have both just given the ball away in the worst possible moments and they have led to goals. And if you, I don't, they're not bad players either. Guzman, well, okay, maybe. But I think Azira does well when he's surrounded by the right people. And you ask him to do things that aren't control the ball at the top of the 18 of the opposing team. We're going to say something, Earl. No, I was going to, I was pretty much going to just work off of that where I was going to agree with you where when Azira's asked to kind of play like the fifth lineman, the fifth defender, he's good. He's reliable back there. But when he's asked to come into the attacking half, he completely is not that guy. And, and then Guzman, we all know he's he's given up a ton of turnovers, and and a handful of those have led directly to goals. If you take away those mistakes, specifically against El Paso's El Paso, the specifically in the El Paso matches you're looking at drastically different results for us in those matches, which therefore would put us drastically different place in the standings. And I don't understand why players are making those simple mistakes in such dangerous positions. And I don't understand why we can't find a goal with this talent in a desperation game at home against an inferior opponent, in my opinion. So here's what I don't understand. Soccer? Um, That, too. At, at this point, <laughs> I don't understand New Mexico United soccer. I'm going to be honest. Or soccer in general. Um, I don't understand how a person can cause so many mistakes, and in this case, JPG, mm-hmm. but yet still see the freaking pitch every weekend. I don't get it. Well, but when he... 
But that, when he doesn't play, we play incredible and we come out with wins. But as soon as he hops on the field, we're the same old United that went on a seven-game winless streak. Yeah, I. It's. I don't. Even, I don't understand it either. It for us, simple folk, to see that and question it, and it and it just be so glaringly obvious. Why does it keep happening, Seth? Why? Yeah, you're the soccer guru here. So. <laughs> well, for for one thing, JPG didn't play on Saturday, so I don't. I, I'm assuming you were talking about Azira, right? Sure. <laughs> you thought JPG was playing on Saturday, didn't you? I did because we okay. played that terrible. All right, so yeah, JPG did not play at all on Saturday. He wasn't. Un- he did go as an unused sub. Um, Thank you. But in terms of why he keeps getting played, I really I, – I don't know. Three years – two years ago, 2019, I could see it because he was easily the best technical defender that we had. Now, this year, with the way he's played, I don't understand. I don't know what it is that Troy is seeing in practice that – warrants him picking jpg every single you know as often as he does so instead of someone else not to interrupt you but i have that answer because i've talked to the academy kids on the sideline jpg plays incredible during training but then even the academy kids have told me and i'm not going to call them out by name because i'm not that person but they have told me as well that he plays good in training but then come match day, he completely lays an egg and is not good. Yeah, and we've, we've talked about that before, but it still doesn't explain what exactly is being seen. You know, maybe he is playing well, but I would think that if he's not performing in games, that he wouldn't continue to be included. So I don't know what what exactly it is. He again, he may practice well. You know, I'm sure Kobe practiced practiced well when he was around. I'm sure Jordan practiced well when he was around. You know, I'm sure that you know Dennis Rodman practiced well. But if they weren't performing, then they didn't play. Same thing with with major league baseball players. You may practice well, but if you're not performing in the games, you're going to get benched. You may go out. You may do fantastic in BP. You may do whatever is necessary. You may do great in your th- side sessions if you're a pitcher. But if you're continuously giving up runs or making errors on the field, you're not going to get played. So I don't have a good answer for that as to why does he get picked as often as he does. So I don't know. But I definitely think a change needs to be made before next season. During the offseason, we need to go out. We need to pick up a younger defensive midfielder and replace jpg that's because at this point we can't make changes to the roster we can't add another player at this point so it's going to have to be done in the offseason what what i don't get is well actually take that back we've made that change if you look at the lineups the last month or so if People are healthy. 
Guzman hasn't been in there near as much as he was the first half of the season. And for the most part, the results have been positive in that way. And the fact that he didn't play Saturday, because I didn't see the second half. And had you just said, man, that sucked. We didn't score. We should have created more chances, blah, 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 blah. I'd have been like, oh, Guzman came in. So to to look and see after that, that Guzman didn't come in and play, and it we actually took a zero out in the 71st minute. We made changes that I feel like if I'd have been watching live, I'd have said, all right, this is good. And we still couldn't get over the hump. That concerns me a little bit. But why I still think we will make the playoffs is that I do think I have seen a change in personnel and kind of mentality for the most part that has led to us playing better soccer since that seven game winless streak. And it's, it's just a matter of, is it too much too late or too little too late? And so I hope that we can get some results and, and just, so, so we talked about us not wanting to make the playoffs, blah, 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 blah. If we come out and we win four in a row, if we win these last four and we're playing like good to great soccer, I will be much happier. But if we just barely scrape by and it's like a 1-1 draw against San Diego and then maybe a 1-0 win against San Antonio and then and then a 1-1 draw, stupid draw over RGV, but then all we got to do is beat Real Monarchs and we're in. And we end up beating them like 2-0. I'm not going to be excited about going to the playoffs. So these four games are are more, more of an indication to me of if the season how big of a disappointment the season's going to be. Is it going to be like wow, we absolutely sucked. Maybe there needs to be a talk about Troy at the very least. And there's no way that we should have missed the playoffs and finished second to last in the group because RGV and Austin both pass us or whatever the case may be. Or is it going to be like, okay, well, we have we have some hope for next year. We started playing better at the end of the year. We got on a hot streak. Sure, we made the playoffs and we lost to Rising, but <clears throat> that's better than we were playing better at the end than what we had been showing. <clears throat> so... Hopefully, we can at least show promise and a stepping stone towards next season. I don't know why my voice is just all of a sudden deciding to leave me, but <laughs> I hope that we are tr- trending in the right direction at these through these next four games at the very least. <clears throat> because honestly, even if we made the playoffs and it was like barely scratched our way in, and then beat Phoenix, and then beat, who would we play? The second and third. Second would be San Antonio or Colorado. Say we beat San Antonio in the second round, and then we lose to El Paso in penalties in the champion, in the in the Western Conference Championship. I'm still not going to be excited about this season. The season's still going to be a disappointment, even if we technically make it to the farther level 
than we had before and then get to the Western Conference Finals. I'm still going to be disappointed in the season because I feel like we were a better team. And had we been performing better throughout the year, our steps to get to the championship would have been easier. And since we didn't do that, that's I would just be frustrated. Let me ask you this. There was a, a tweet that went out the other day and it was basically a subtweet about another another club and Harry uh, tagged us in, in his response to it. And the tweet was basically saying, if you're still playing the same lineup that you did years ago, you're not adapting, you're not moving forward, you're not going to be able to keep up with the changes in the USL championship. And I responded, said, you know, I, I like the fact that we brought these guys back midseason because they do fit the system and we have done better since we brought them back. But we do have to adapt and change and move to be able to move forward because you see El Paso making great signings. You see San Antonio making good signings. You see Colorado Springs making some fantastic signings and you see it all around the league. Now, Again, I have no problem with with Bees and Sully and, and Nash coming back. I have no problem whatsoever. I mean, Bees has become our top scorer of the season, which is in, in one way kind of sad, but at the same time, it shows how good of a player he is and where his knowledge of the game is at. And I think Sully, in the time that he has played, has been very good. I think Nash has been very good. But I don't think that we're doing enough. And I feel like we missed the mark on both Illich and Brian Brown. And I would not be surprised to see Brian Brown go in the off season. Uh, if we can offload his contract, if that's what it is, I would not just be surprised to see Illich go. And I would love to see Nava get one of those, two, one of those roster spots and continue to have an opportunity because the the two appearances, the two or three appearances that he has made, I don't feel like he's been given enough of an opportunity to make an impact. And one of the things that Troy talked about the other night is that you could see the guys trying to get the ball to Christian because he was dynamic. He was making decisive movements. He was making runs. He was trying to create and not only was you know he doing it by himself, but other guys were trying to get him the ball. So I don't understand why, if he's playing this well, and Troy is acknowledging this, why have we not given him more of a chance? And now I get it. I wouldn't start him against Phoenix. I wouldn't necessarily start him against El Paso, but I'd give him a good 30 minutes against El Paso. You know, get him in there and get, we've talked about Dev. You know, Dev is not the same guy that he was two years ago. You know, why not bring Christian in at 60, 65 minutes instead of 89? Because we've seen what Christian can do. We've seen the energy that he brings. So why not give him the opportunity? Why not bring some of the other academy kids in some of these matches like Hartford or uh, you know, even against RGV or Monarchs? Like give them the opportunity to do that. And you know, I don't know, man. It's tough. Like I, I watch the match Saturday night. I'm going, okay, we had six shots. Two, only two of which were on target. Like that's nowhere near good enough. And we can, you know, yeah, we controlled possession, but we didn't do anything with it. We didn't create. And so that's again, something we struggle with all season. We've got to be better at that. And 
it's it's come back to bite us all season long. You know, I mentioned earlier that we had dropped points in what I thought was what ten or eleven matches. I was do I've been doing the math. We have dropped points from from a winning position nine times for a total of twenty two points dropped in twenty one possible out of division points so far this season. We have earned six. Neither of those stats is good enough. I mean, you turn around, you know, if we don't, you know, if we pick up the win against Hartford, you know, again, that's, you know, it gives us nine out of conference. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, that would put us at eight out of conference, out of division points. You know, you look at some of these, some of these matches, you know, draw against El Paso, lost Colorado, lost the Real Monarchs, lost to El Paso, draw to El Paso, draw to Oakland, draw to Austin, lost to Phoenix, draw to Hartford. You know, you pick up, a win in, I don't know, three of those? It, just three. It's a drastically different season. And I don't think we're having this conversation if that's, if that's, the, if that's the case. If you give us a win in three of those, that's six extra points that puts us level with Colorado Springs. Yeah. It, and we'd be, like you said, having a completely different conversation. There was so much to unpack there. But I want to go back to the tweet because I disagree with the tweet in certain circumstances because you can look at El Paso and while they have made changes to their lineup, they still play the same fundamental way. And the people that they have replaced people with are just plug and play people. Same with Phoenix. Phoenix has been the majority of Phoenix's lineup is the same. It, it would have been about just like ours. The problem is we were never playing like Phoenix. We were never playing to the level El Paso was playing. And so when you do that, you have to figure out why that's the case. You have to figure out why you're not up there with the top teams in this league and this conference, and you have to make changes to get there. Whether those changes are personnel or tactical or mentally, mindset-wise, I don't know. But we, I mean, I know... Earl was definitely on the Illich train after we signed him. I was leading the Brian Brown fan club for New Mexico United. Uh, it was just me, but I was leading it. Um, and and they they just they fell flat. They did. Um, I, I think our other signings have done really well. I think Harry, when he was healthy, um, was a dynamic part of this team. Rivas has obviously been a fantastic addition. Um, you look at, at Tambacus, you look at, why am I blanking on names? Azira even has been good. Uh, not, not great, not fantastic. He's made mistakes, yes, but but um, I, I like what he has brought to the team 90% of the time. Um, but those two attacking options up top were not what we needed. Um, and to see somebody like Hajiberry go to Colorado Springs and just light the freaking world on fire and know that he was available to see Phoenix sign. Oh, I'm going to blank on his name. Son of a bitch. Maddox. Yes. Yes. Mid season. They signed him and he scored goals for them already. How are we not making moves to get, proven goal scorers when we have shown so many signs of not being able to finish it is so 
here, here, go- by Troy here goes my Stephen A. Smith. Here goes my yes. Stephen A. Smith moment. It's been Stephen two fucking a. weeks. Earl. It's been two fucking weeks for this. I'm still super high on the Ilya Illich train. And I pray to God he comes back next year. But what I also pray to God about is that he gets more time. When he's on the pitch, he shows he's good. He scored goals when he's on the pitch. Goal. He needs a goal. Okay. Scored goal. I mean, how many has anyone else scored? Other uh, than... I think there's other, like four people with over four. Maybe five people with over four. Can I get a fact check? Sorry, what, what, what am I looking at? New Mexico <laughs> United goals. Yeah, let me pull that up. Sorry, um, I, I've been doing a lot of stats stuff. So I know there's there's Bees who has about a billion. Just Bees, for United. Bees, Bees has six since coming back. Mondo has four. Rebus Mondo has, has four. four. Rebus has, I believe, three. Dev has three. Dev has then, five. No. Oh. <laughs> Where have I been? Where the fuck have I been? Anyway. Right, so, uh, so yeah, Bees has six since rejoining. Mondo has five. Sergio has five. Dev with five. Josh Suggs with three. Brucey with two. Sully, Ilya, Tanare, and Azira all have one. I know which. Yeah, I said Ilya. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. okay. I was listening for Illich. Yeah. So yeah, I'm. I mean, so no, so I am still on the Ilya Illich train, and I pray to God he comes back because he definitely is reliable. Um, he just needs more time. He's but, came on maybe three times throughout the whole entire season. But why is that the case then? Why? What makes you think that he is? going to come back next year and get more playing time if he's had a year, basically, to earn that playing time and still isn't getting it. Ilya has 18 appearances for us this year. Uh, Harry and I actually actually talked about him. Uh, 18 appearances, four starts, and he has 509 minutes. And has produced very little. One goal, to be exact, out of those nine minutes. And probably off the top of my head, I don't believe he has an assist. He might have one. But I, I'm going to I'm going to middle you here because I I I think Illich is still coming back from an injury, and he's an older player, and it, it just he hasn't quite figured out how to play a new style after being injured is what I think is going on. And I, but I do think that if he comes back and he's got another year to recover and and grow and 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 embrace the team, um, he could be, could be better. But that doesn't mean he's going to be the answer of who's going to finish for this club night in, night out. I don't think that's, I don't think that's what he's going to be. Even if he does come back and do better, he'll be like a secondary guy, but he just he won't be a Haji Berry light even, or or a quarter of Haji Berry even. So you are correct. Ilya Ilish has zero assists for the year. Once again, that was my Stephen A. moment. Still trapped. <laughs> Still trapped here. Uh, Andrew Tanari leads the club with seven assists, which is he, kind. He of also surprising. leads with. With uh, yellow cards, uh, no, no, he doesn't. 
What kind of Mondo. fucking world are we living in? Mondo does. Mondo just Mondo just served the one match suspension. Remember? Oh wait, no, you weren't. You weren't here for that show. We talked about that Tuesday night. Uh, Wednesday night, Amondo would have served a one match suspension for yellow card accumulation, but since he was on international duty, he served the suspension without actually missing a game. Huh. Yeah. Uh, Tenny is close. I think he's got a six or seven. I'd have to look at it. I've got, I've got a spreadsheet with that numbers on it too, but, um, yeah, no, we just, we haven't produced enough. The guys that are in key roles haven't produced enough. You know, bees has made a huge impact. Sergio in his time, you know, I love seeing Sergio. I think Sergio needs more, more time than what he's getting. Um, and it's just, there's just so much that we could be doing better. And, you know, we've seen the defensive miscues. We've seen the turnovers in the, really in the defensive third. That's 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 what's hurt us most about those mistakes is where they've been on the field. Now, I mean, I don't know what Mike was thinking Saturday night. You know, he had an opportunity. He could have passed it back up the pitch. He could have passed it back to Kalen. He could have – I don't know what he was thinking, but he got his pocket picked, and, I mean – Kalen didn't exactly step up to to try to play that ball back out, but you know, it's these, these mental errors in bad spots. That's really been one of the biggest mis, one of the biggest issues that we've had all season outside of the, the chance creation and, and lack of finishing, but you know, stuff like that, you, you've got to cut out and that's all mental and we shouldn't be seeing those types of mistakes at match week 28. Especially from a player as experienced as Azira. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I could expect that that type of mistake from like uh you know some of the academy kids if they came up and played. But yeah, like you know, someone with Azira's experience, that shouldn't be happening at all. You know, so I, I I'm working with kids right now uh in, in AYSO and I'm trying to you know teach them I'm not you know, I'm not the coach, but I am helping out, you know, trying to teach them, especially you know, playing goalie like you're in charge. You know, if you're back here, you're the goalie, you're in charge. This is your area. If a ball is coming in slow, you tell your defenders, you know, hey, I got it. You know, I got it. Just go. Like, leave it alone. I'll get it. You know, direct them. And even if you're playing playing defense, you have to get there to that ball. You make a decision fast on what you on what you're gonna do, and you commit to it. You don't like you don't sit there and think and wait to see what happens. You, you see that ball, you make a decision, you go after it. And then you try to pass it out as, as quickly as you can. And, you know, honestly, we could be saying the same exact thing to these professional players right now. Like make a decision, get the ball out move it forward and clear the danger. Like, why are we having to say this? Jacob's busy with a with a puppy apparently. I am. <laughs> I was I was listening and I don't I don't have an answer. It it's very dumb. It's yeah. just completely dumb. So does it at all get rectified Sunday? That's the that's the question. I mean, San Diego's a good team. Uh again, they're sitting second place right now over in the Pacific Division. Let me see what their current form is. They've won four or five. I have and uh I haven't looked farther back than that 
uh, yet, but they're playing really well. I mean, there's no chance that they're going to catch Phoenix, but they're, they're playing well. Landon Donovan's club, they're, they, they play tough. They're 9-4-1 at home. And, I mean, let's see who they played recently. They just beat Sacramento. They came from behind in that match to beat Sacramento. They beat Los Dos 3-0, beat, beat Las Vegas Lights 4-2. They lost to Oakland Roots 2-1 and beat Tacoma Defiance 1-0. So, I mean, they've got some guys that can play, and I don't know. I honestly don't know what happens on Sunday. I don't know if we have the defensive sharpness right now to walk away with a win. Jacob's deep in thought. But Jack Handy... I'm I'm not not even that deep in thought. It, it's the same thought that's ran over and over in my head for the past three months. It's I'm not sure I'm worried about the defense, but we're not going to be able to score more than one goal, seemingly, anyways. So I think prediction wise, like the most obvious outcome because it's been the most obvious outcome for us all year is a one-one draw. I, I don't know how many we've had, and I don't want to look it up right now, but my <laughs> my guess is through 28 matches, we've had at least eight of them. Um, and, and so five, that's it? Yep. Wow. I feel like it's, I feel like it's every freaking match that it's. We've had five 1-1 one, one draws, two, I'm sorry, three nil-nil draws, and one 2-2 two, two draw. So yeah, I don't know. I one one draw is still the most likely outcome as far as what we've had. So, so if we're doing predictions, which I'm going to go ahead and do uh, because it's late and I want to get out of here. Uh, I, actually, that's not true. I don't necessarily want to get out of here, but I do want to stop the recording because I have questions for you <laughs> off air. Um, I, I I say one one draw, and and I'd be okay with that. Earl, what do you think? Don't cry, Earl. It's just soccer. No, I have allergies kicking my ass right now. Yeah, that's what they all say. Yeah. That's, what you, that's, that's probably what you tell your wife during New Amsterdam, huh? That's like, <laughs> <laughs> that's like walking away. It's like wipe away my tears. Um, I'm not crying. You're crying. There's no crying in baseball unless you're a Braves fan. They, Who's in the playoffs? They did win. <laughs> Who's going to the NLCS? Anyways, anyways, I digress. Um, fuck, you see, I just don't know. Because I don't have faith in us to hold a lead. But I don't want to call a draw. Like, that's 2-1, us. Okay, <laughs> I thought you were going to say... I thought that was leading to a loss, is what... Mathematically, that's what it, you you just said was we would lose, but then then we're not losing apparently. So, yeah, you know, we haven't really paid too much attention to San Diego Loyal, other than knowing that you know they have uh, Landon Donovan. You know, uh, just looking at their roster, they've got guys that we're familiar with. Koya Herzog is playing for them. Jack Blake is playing for them. Douglas Martinez. Guys that we've seen in the past, guys that we know can play, guys that are are tough uh, opponents on the pitch. 
I don't like our chances the way that we've looked these last two matches in terms of chance creation and mental mistakes. I think we're lucky to walk out with a draw. I don't want to give a score line because I just don't know. I don't trust that we have enough finishing in us to score more than one, but <laughs> I think we're Time solid out. enough. Time out. Time out. We got a pissed off Jacob. No, I'm, I'm letting him finish. <laughs> I'm letting him finish. I think we're solid enough to pick up a draw. And that has to do primarily with the defensive play. Okay. Damn it, Seth. We've picked scores for 28 <laughs> matches. All three of us. We're not going to go on the 29th match and have somebody not pick a scoreline. You are picking a scoreline or you're kicked off this pod. Um, Wait, he, he, he can't be kicked off. He's the host. Then we just don't have a pod, Earl. <laughs> We're going to quit the pod if I don't make a prediction? Basically. Okay. Boycott. Boycott. All right. Um, There'll be rioting in the streets of Fort Sumner tonight. <laughs> make a score prediction. All two I mean, people. That, that's easy for you because you make up like a quarter of Fort Sumner. Sorry, already. sorry, sorry. They'll be rioting in the street of Fort Sumner. <laughs> well, all two neighbors. <laughs> all right. Uh, two two. Bold strategy, Cotton. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it really is. I, it's just, it sucks. It's hard. Like, I just, I I don't know where I'm at. I, just, I want to, I need to see a solid 90 minute performance, not a solid 47 and a half minute performance. I need to see a solid 90 minutes from this club this weekend against a team that is on paper and passing the eye test better than us. See, I see what Seth did there. I see what he did. See, I said that I don't have faith in us holding a lead, so I went 2-1. So he fed off my 2-1, and we can't hold a lead, so he went 2-2. Son of a bitch. Now he basically <laughs> just took your logic and then actually applied it to a score. My point. <laughs> oh, man. Well, guys, uh, I, I, I have two... Two things that I try to accomplish during every podcast to not make myself look like an ass and to make Earl laugh with random stupid jokes. And I've done that successfully tonight. So <laughs> so uh, as far as I'm concerned, tonight was a win, even if New Mexico United can't seem to do that. Yeah, no, you absolutely have. Um, before we get out of here, I do have two things I do want to bring up just real quick. They don't time out, time out, time out. Every time he does this, he picks like the deepest. No, 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 no. That are like <laughs> so heavy and need to be talked about for an hour. And he's like, just real quick, just real quick, just real quick. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, I just want to point out with uh, with V's coming back to the club and the six goals he has scored for us since returning. He, well, he already was second all time on the Mexico United scoring list. He is currently still second. One goal behind Devin Sandoval. Dev has 25. Bees has 24 career goals for United. So there's a chance that Bees, at the rate that he's scoring them, could overtake Dev before the end of the season. Now that includes all competitive matches, not friendlies, preseason, anything like that. So uh, Bees has been putting on a show, that's for sure. And then the the second part is, I mentioned it on the pre-show, um, 
New Mexico United is looking for volunteers to help canvas phone banks, send out text messages and um, other things in prepare in preparation for the stadium bond vote here in November. Uh, as we know, open voting is already going on or early voting is already going on, but you have to go down to the city clerk's office to do that right now. As of this Saturday, the 16th, pretty much every voting location will be open for early voting. Uh, so please, if you are already registered go out and vote if you're interested in volunteering for the club and helping with this uh whether it's through putting up yard signs magnets which the club is almost out of those uh, after talking with david carl earlier um you can still do other things phone banking canvassing working a table at an event um there is going to be one this week this sunday at hollow spirits uh the club is going to be giving out information and talking to folks there during the match on sunday uh, so if you are interested in helping out with all that, I'm, I'm volunteering. I'm going to help out, maybe do some phone banking, canvassing, that type of stuff. Um, get in touch with David Carl over at the club. Uh, sign up for some times that you can help out. Every little bit helps. Uh, the club will give you all the information that you need, all the talking points, all that kind of stuff. Um, just to help spread the word, you know, this stadium could mean a huge difference for the city of Albuquerque. Um, and so again, if you're interested, reach out to David Carl, uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, call the team store, you know, look for him and, uh, just do what you can to help out. So that, that was, that was cool and all, but did you know the human body contains enough fat to make seven bars of soap? No, I muted him. <laughs> Oh, okay. Oh, good. <laughs> That's that TikTok trend, isn't it? Or like that one guy, it's like he stitches yeah. himself in. <laughs> I know, I, dude, I know who you're talking about. That guy's, that guy's fun to watch. Yes, he is. And did you know a single sneeze travels 100 miles per hour? <laughs> what would you do if I got in your car? Not say hi. Hey, did you know that you're born with just one pint of blood? <laughs> Get us the fuck out of here, Jacob. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, man. Well, for those of you uh, watching along with us on YouTube, Facebook, and, and Twitter, um, you made it through... Fun facts with Earl. You made it through 15 minutes of James Bond talk. Uh, you've made it through the deepest burning question we've ever started with. Um, and then you've made it through three depressed New Mexico United fans talk about how bad their soccer team can play or has been playing at the very least. Uh, and for that, I thank you. And I hope that along with Earl laughing at some of my stupid jokes, you did it as well. And um, and I hope that you all see that Seth has no soul as well. Um, just just because it's very important, very important that you see that. And uh, I mean, it's very true. It's very true. It Did is. you know the name Bonobo resulted from a misspelling? <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> That's not even a name. <laughs> I think he's talking about monkeys. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for watching and listening. And uh, apparently we're all a little slap happy tonight. Um, and you will be missed, but did you know dolphins sleep with one eye open? 
<laughs> I don't. Can you send me who this guy is? Because I don't know who this guy is. And, and yeah, uh, I can. But did you know that vacuum cleaners were originally <laughs> horse drawn? Seth, mute him so I can get us out of here. <laughs> oh man. Anyways, we appreciate all of you guys. If you're in the city of Albuquerque, please, please not only vote yes, but tell everybody that you know to vote yes and that it won't raise their taxes and then it's it's going to be good for the economy and they will make sure that the community that they put it in, that it's a mutual agreement and everybody's going to be happy and they're going to do what they can to make that community a better place. And just don't be stupid and actually like do research and and tell people that are too dumb to do their own research the facts and and vote yes and let's pass this thing so that we can take the next step and pick a place and break ground hopefully this winter um and much like seth how he finished with that he finished the show with talking about that that's how i'm going to finish because that is the most important thing going on right now other than what's happening at isotopes park uh and random venues around the southwest uh in the next couple weeks but be back again next week we don't have a game tomorrow so there will not be a thursday show uh so we will just be back next tuesday nine o'clock on facebook on youtube on twitter and please hop in the chat like harry does harry i know you've already gone for the night but we appreciate you we appreciate you being active and and talking to us and, and on not only that but coming on the show and how you even took the place of, of two New Mexico United fans for one show and, and talked with Seth about about a match and some other stuff. And we just thank you for that. And and guys, be safe out there. Vote yes. And until next week, did you know that we are united in Spanish? It's Somos News. You've been listening to Somos Mas, your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United and weekly discussions from around the world of sports. Each episode is recorded live on Tuesday nights on our YouTube channel and goes live on podcast platforms around the world later in the week. Our show is written and produced by Seth Bedoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto, and is edited by Seth. All episodes are recorded and edited using Zencaster and Audacity.